Hello there and welcome to episode 17 of the Night Gallery Podcast. My name is Chris Brown. Today we're talking about the last story in season one of uh, the Night Gallery, which is called The Last Laurel. It is a Rod Serling script based on the short story by Davis Grubb called The Horsehair Trunk. And uh, this story is directed by Daryl Duke. It is a story about uh, an athlete who was crippled by a car accident, uh, a guy called uh, Marius Davis. And he's played by Jack Cassidy. Anyway, um, this uh, this athlete uh, suspects his doctor and his wife are having an affair. And uh, he's, very, uh, he's very vocal about it. But the thing is, unlike many people in that position, he's got a, a trick up his sleeve. He's able to use astral projection to get around. So he's able to uh, lure the doctor uh, to his home and um, basically is, is quite pleased the fact that he's able to keep him um, his stuck while well, he's stuck at home, stuck there one day because of a storm. And he's able to therefore to use a supernatural powers to seek revenge. What happens is he, uh, in the dead of night, he uses skills. He um, he gets up out of his body, um, goes to, out of his out of the room, picks up some shears, and then uh, decides that he doesn't want to use those and picks up a candlestick, ready to murder the doctor. Goes into a bedroom, takes a swing, but then realizes that in his haste and his anger he's messed up. And in actual fact, what he's done is he has attacked his own body and managed to murder himself in the dark. Um, I think I mentioned last week that this story was um, originally the first story in in, 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 in episode 6 um, rather than the Tim Down Tim Riley's Bar. Um, I think the reason why they swapped it over was because uh, this is a weaker story, in truth. Uh, it's weaker because Jack Cassidy is miscast. Um, he is very stagey in his role, quite melodramatic. And he doesn't look like the type of man who could have just been a an athlete who has fallen on hard times recently. Um, what doesn't help as well is that the, um, the special effects aren't great. They basically use like a blue screen technique, um, like a black screen. And he'd be obviously been originally filmed on a black screen and then, then, um, then been added with a kind of like a shimmery, uh, semi translucent effect to like it look like he's being a astrally projecting himself. Um, but, um, it looks a bit cheap. It looks like what it is really, which is a you know a cheap TV effect. Um, also, well, you know, it's nineteen seventy one, but it still doesn't look great. To be fair, there's um, there's a bigger problem in terms of you know some pretty glaring plot holes as well. You know, this is a character who's able to pick up shears um, and then by holding them, he makes them kind of invisible so he can use them well you know she, the, she has the candlestick he can use them as a weapon um, he can accidentally knock things over 
but he can also walk through a door. So that's a bit of a a bit of an error in judgment in terms of the way the story is put across. The only really interesting thing in terms of the production, any production issues, was um, censorship raised it raised it head again. Interestingly, this was used in the story itself this time. Um, what happened was originally. Sailing wanted him to do in in his uh, well in the the doctor do well not the doctor the um, the athlete to do himself in with it with garden shears but that was considered to be too gory so the Henston bit where he basically picks up the shears and then decides against using them and goes for the slightly more family friendly candlestick um it's an inject which is quite a good little nod a little kind of a back backhanded glare at the camera. I think it's fair to say that this is a very um, a night gallery-esque kind of feel for, its, for a story. It has um, those classic moments that we keep on going back to. Revenge, um, you know, a, a man who is you know weakened but able to try and attack somebody. Uh, and also, again, if once again, this kind of mansion, haunted house kind of vibe to it. You know, for me, I think, although it's a good effort, it doesn't work properly. It's, it's only okay. Um, but what it, well, you know, it's a shame it kind of closed out, they closed out the season quite a little bit weaker as, as the final story, but obviously as a whole, the tearing down Tim Riley's bar kind of, in truth, makes you forget this kind of story when you watch it in its whole as an episode. Um, a month after this was shown, on the 20th of January 1971, in the February, I think it's February 21st, NBC announced that they were going to, well, there was going to be a second season. Now, we're going to start on that next week. Um, what I'll say is this, that um, the sto- our story so far in terms of following the episodes and, and following the stories has been quite light in terms of studio politics and and what happens, I mean, there's moments when stories have had to be changed. Uh, there've been arguments with Serling, but on the whole, there hasn't been that much tension. This changes from here on in. Um, the format, as it stands for the for the shows, were, was the same effectively, but in reality, there was something that that changed a little bit, and that thing was was. Some decisions that Jack Laird had made to alter the uh, the way the stories were put out. Um, those were the, the I've mentioned them before the very short stories that he himself wrote to kind of basically fill out episodes. Um, so from next week, what we're going to be doing is looking at uh, well, it'll take a month to get through episode one, effectively of season of uh, of season two because of these changes. Uh, so we're going to start introducing a lot more of the politics and what was happening in these shorter stories. Um, just to let you know, we're not we're not quite there just yet. We've got our first story, which is a great little story called The Boy Who Predicted Earthquakes, which is a very strong opener to the, um, to the season. Um, but just to let you know that, you know, I've obviously talked a lot about the fact that this was a troubled uh, series, and we're now about to enter the point when it actually started to get troubled. Um, 
Okay, that'll do me for this week. Obviously, that was the uh, the last laurels. Are sh you know, a short story. It's only eight minutes, so I think it's wise just to leave that and, and you know tantalise with the with the promise of more more tale about exactly how, what happened with Night Gallery. Just some uh, very quick housekeeping. Um, if you want to get hold of me, as always, you can get hold of me on Twitter at orange underscore monkey. Um, you can leave a message on our website, which is dimensionxradio.com. Um, also, you can contact me by email at nightgallery at the twilightzonepodcast.com. Um, as always, I'd really like, um, you know, any feedback. If you've got any opinions, um, it seems like a, a good point as any to, you know, pause and take stock on, on, on what I've done so far at the end of season one. Obviously, it's, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, the real meat of what we're going to be doing starts from that, from here on in with season two. Um, but, uh, I'm really looking forward to that and, uh, telling you a bit more about this, uh, this great but uh, troubled show. Um, until then, then, which will be uh, next Sunday, I will leave you now and uh, speak to you soon. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you.